Yeah, Kings coming up short last night against the shorthanded Miami Heat, 121 to 110. That's one of the things that bugs me, Jay. You know, they were way behind. Kings are behind by 20. And they come back and they cut it to two. They cut it to two. Then, oh, they can't win. But they lose by 11. You know, it's not, they come all the way back and then who knows if they played another quarter, they might have ended up losing by 20 again. Frustrating, a game that we thought they were uh, going to, well, they, a game that we thought they should win. So what's going on? Uh, let's find out here from our Sacktown Sports Kings insider. He was there last night. Can't blame him because he did all the things he's supposed to do for good luck, like had the hot dog at halftime with the mayonnaise only. Brendan Nunes. How are you, Brendan? <laughs> I'm doing good, Whitey. One day, one day we're going to let the hot dog thing go. One day. No, never. One day. <laughs> I'm doing good, though. Good, good, good. Uh, King's not doing so well. Um, which is the real Kings team? I mean, how do we answer that? The team that beat the Clippers, the team that lost last night, are are the answer both teams are the real Kings? How do you how do you sift through that question? I mean, I do think it's both. And one thing I'll say is I don't really think the Miami game last night is in the same category as the Charlotte loss or the Detroit loss, for example, or even if you want to go Houston earlier in the year even though De'Aaron wasn't playing in those games. Like, Miami plays different. That press that they play defensively that falls back into a zone gave the Kings a lot of issues. And now that's both games this year where these teams have matched up that the Kings have struggled to shoot. It's taken them out of their offensive rhythm. De'Aaron Fox's seven turnovers last night, a season high, obviously is not what you want, but I think that's a big part of it. And if the Kings are clean a little bit cleaner defensively that on bam out of bio specifically with some of their double teams obviously they would have had better chances i think kevin love was the one where i'm like gosh i don't know yeah. mac i get rolling is a tough one the Jaime Hawkins ones though i live with most of those you know so i, I didn't i didn't hate the performance from the kings last night i, I think that they've been playing well post all-star break and defending the three ball okay for the most part which has a a bit been a pretty big emphasis and i'm more encouraged by the la win than i am disappointed mm. or worried by the miami loss here with brennan nunez our sack sports 1140 sacramento kings insider brennan i i guess i'll just kind of steal this from the uh, text line because i had something that's kind of similar but i'll use their words to let them know that they are a part of our show they asked whitey should we be panicking? Should Kings fans, should this team, should the supporters of Sacramento Kings be panicking? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think that the play-in is scary. Don't get me wrong. And I just think this is where this team, this is about where they should have been expected to be, in my mind, is fighting for that 5-6, making sure you stay out of the play-in. And I know people don't love to hear that after being a three-seed last year won 49 games last year you win they're on pace for 47 right now and sitting in eight so it's just an extremely competitive western conference now you could be frustrated they didn't go make improvements at the deadline or the offseason i get it um, but i think that the patience has been understandable when it comes to the roster construction and like when to pounce on making your next move and i would understand some panic from the fan base about the play-in I also think that this team has shown that they step up for big games and it's nothing but that in the playoffs. You know, you can't have a quarter here and there 
where you're not great defensively, and I, I do worry about that. But I think that that's always been the case for this Kings team. You know, I, I think I really do think that this team goes as far as De'Aaron Fox takes them. You know what you're getting from DeMontis Sabonis. De'Aaron's a little more up and down. I think he's been playing great. Obviously, those turnovers again last night are a tough one, but I, I think that he'll bounce back from that. And, I mean, again, I, I think that these big wins, the fact that they have a substantial amount of them, those are the teams you're going up against in the postseason. I don't think we're going to have effort questions in the postseason. And I, I get it's concerning that you're still worried about that a little bit this point of the year, but I really think that when this team turns it on, that they are they play at a really, really high level. And I expect that to be the case more often as we get closer to the postseason and certainly in the postseason. I'm with you, Brendan, and I understand the frustration, and I'm frustrated, and it is very aggravating, some of these games, that it looks like they should win, that they don't win. But as far as panic, and I heard Chris and Alan talking about this too, to me that's like, what? That 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 The P word doesn't belong anywhere near the discussion right now. To me, if your record was the same as Utah, if you were like 27-31 and 31 and you're 11th, that would be, uh-oh, we're in trouble. But, you know, the play-in, I know that's distasteful to a lot of people and it's fraught with peril. To me, if the Kings are in the play-in, it's like, okay, now you got to work your way out of it. I don't I don't think that's anything uh, to panic about. Do you think, though, what's your – Do you? I think the Kings are a play-in team. Do you think they'll finish in the top six? You know, I, I think I'd give it to them. Yeah? I, I mean, it's really a coin flip. Sure. You know, but I'd lean towards yes. I don't, I don't think their schedule's as scary to me as maybe some people are feeling. Um, like, you look at Phoenix's schedule, they might be the worst in the league. They have some crazy uh, back-to-backs in there or, or teams that they're still waiting to deal with. I think they still play Boston twice. They got mm-hmm. Minnesota twice in there, OKC twice. Um, and it's not going to be a walk in the park for the Kings, but I think that they know who they are. And there's a lot of value in that. Some of these teams are still figuring things out. And that's not to say the Kings aren't trying to improve in certain aspects. That three-point defense and pace, I think, really being the main two that they're keying in on. But that's not new. You know, that's something that's But who are they, Brendan? I'm, pardon me. Excuse me for interrupting yeah, you. I don't mean to be rude. But I, you say, no, I think they know who they are. Who are they? Because I, I don't know who they are. Who, who do they think they are? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that is a hard question to exactly pin down, uh-huh. but I think they're a team that is elite offensively and extremely difficult to guard on that end of the floor. And if they are just able to string together, you know, three and a half good quarters of defense, that they're a team that can beat anybody is really, I guess, how I would put it. Gotcha. Hmm. Brendan, what do you say to, and we're joined by Brendan Nunez, Sack Sports 1140 Kings Insider. What do you say to the fans who, and we just had a a caller, Will, that kind of fall into this boat of when Kevin Herter's not scoring, what else is he bringing to this team and why don't we see, you know, the Kessler Edwards or the Davions a little more or the Chris Dortes a little more? Like, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the one of Kevin's biggest skills that I always like to point out is his pace. And that's not just open court. Like, he, he does a great job running in transition. But you look in the half court, man. Like, last night, him and Duncan Robinson matched up against each other. And I'm like, God, I could never be either one of these dudes. I'd be exhausted by the end of the night. They are both just sprinting through everything they do. And even if Kevin doesn't touch the ball, he is respected as a elite three-point shooter in this league because he is whether he's in a slump or not he's going to get guarded like that which does so much 
for De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. That was the big thing coming into last season was now that Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, and Keegan Murray are here, these dudes got spacing. And that is so important to this Sacramento offense. And, and the way that he cuts as well, I, I think, really does open up a lot for them offensively. And I, I also think defensively that he's been better recently. He has his shortcomings. You saw some of those switches last night where in mismatches he's going to get picked on a little bit. But I think for the most part, Kevin's been been playing pretty well. You know, you go back to his last 19 games, for example, 14 points, and you're talking 43.7% from three. So I, I think that it's easy to get caught up in, yes, his best skill is his three-point shooting. But even when that shot's no, not going down, I think the threat of him out there and how active he is offensively, even off of the ball, does so much for unlocking and enabling De'Aaron and Domas. Um, Brandon, before we let you go, of course, we appreciate your time and your flexibility. Do you have anything coming up that you want to let us know about on uh, SackdownSports.com? I got another question, too. Oh, another question. All right, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. So what do you you have coming up? Yeah, um, you know, there's things in the works that uh, are still TBD. Okay. That maybe I'll hold on to, but we'll see. Hoping to Ooh. talk to to some guys about some fun off the court stuff and community things that have been going on recently. And I will say, Frankie and I, Frankie Cardicelli, Kings Cowboy, out here, and I reported sure. reported a uh, Return of the Roar podcast earlier today that people can check out. Excellent. Uh, that's uh, uh, Frankie. Uh, what do we call him? Clicks. Clicks. Yeah. yeah Cowboy he, clicks. He hung up on us last time we were interviewing him. Yeah. So. <laughs> What's your question, Jay? Yeah, this is – and this isn't a – I want to make sure I, I uh, preface it with this. This isn't a personal question, Brendan. This is just something because you are in the crux of this, and this is something that, you know, uh, and I, I, I've said this today, you know, albeit I have an opportunity to go in there pre and post and half and, do, you know, every single time I practice and do the things that you guys do, I just choose not to. What do you? What are some of your thoughts on – because I've I felt like this here in Sacramento, and I know you're you know you haven't been there for ten years. You, you you've been there for a few. What are your thoughts on the feeling that Sacramento Kings media um, throw softballs to co- to the players and coaches? Because you're in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really feel like that happens too much. You know, I I think that there's certain. I guess what I will also add real quick is like you have to word things a certain way. And I think people could, it's easy to not realize that, that, you know, you word your question in a type of way and you're trying to ask about the effort and a slight wording is going to make them take it in a whole different direction. Mm. And also these dudes, like what, what is, is coach supposed to go up there and just like call out name for name dudes that didn't play hard? Like, there's an aspect of like, sometimes, you know, you're not going to get an answer to certain things on the record. Um, So are we easier on players than New York or Philly? Sure. There's also a lot less people, you know, and less questions that are getting thrown around. So I don't know. I think there's an aspect, but I think there's also a reason to feel good about this team. There's still a great story right now. I mean, y'all know how many years was this team not in the playoffs? Like I I think that, there's a good reason for there to be more positive about this team right now than negative. Brendan Nunes. Thank you, Brendan. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. Uh, We will uh, take a quick timeout. When we come uh, right back, uh, we'll tell you the one thing about uh, the Kings 
game last night and what's being said about it. That is unacceptable. Next with The Drive, guys, on Sackdown Sports. Appreciate you being with us. Appreciate Brendan Nunes. Brendan sounding a note of optimism, which um, has been a little bit more difficult to find today than it typically is after another one of those, oh, they won, they beat the Clippers, this is the greatest team ever, and then, oh, what happened? They lost to the shorthanded Heat. That's just the nature of the team. And as we said earlier, as you know, if you're a Kings fan, the fact that these games still matter here and it's almost March, Jay, that's a home run. Absolutely. That's really... It's a lot more fun, you know, as frustrating as it can be. It's a lot more fun watching the game and caring about the game and going, oh, they lost. It's a lot more fun than going, Kings are on, eh, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between, um, you know, an answer someone on the text question was like, why does, uh, I have to go back, but basically the synopsis was, why do we continue to act like we're just happy to have the Kings here and we can't question, you know, their abilities or them being good or, you know, when things go tough or they take a loss or, you know, an expected win doesn't happen. And um, I think that's part of it, Whitey. And I, you know, I think there's room for both. It is a hundred percent. It is like, we don't need to romanticize the fact that, you know, every single day or every single time they lose, like, oh, you know what? The Kings are still here and we should be blessed and happy and, and proud and, and everything else that, you know, any adjective that you want to throw in there um, that the Kings still play here in Sacramento. But, you know, that's tough because guess what? There are a lot of people who are still with us who fought tooth and nail and they were in the struggle and you oh, weren't, yeah. you know? Yes. And so it's tough to really talk about somebody walking in their shoes when you weren't the person walking in their shoes. Yeah, um, yeah. But the other part of that, too, becomes – I'm with you and with that person and the fact that sometimes, you know, we do have to be um, the judge, jury and executioner because we are the fan and we are, you know, um, the people who follow this team and support this team and invest in this team and not only time, but financially. And so, um, you know, I respect that. And I I agree with what you're saying uh, with Brendan. That's a full circle and saying this is. You know, Brendan's a, a half glass full type of guy, and I like that. I respect that, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I just I, I've been in situations before where I've heard people wondering how what you're so critical. Well, you should support the team, and to me, honest and fair criticism is one of the best forms of support you can give anybody or any team, even you know personal relationships. If somebody's you feel like you know what I got to tell you. Um, this, 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 and I'll say this to help you. To me, that can be very supportive. Yes. It's not easy to hear, yeah. but it uh, doesn't mean you don't care, and it doesn't mean you don't want things to get better. Three, three, it's nine, the yes man thing. Yeah, uh, right? yeah like right. We don't, you don't all, we don't all have to be yes men to support something. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, everything they do is great. Mm-hmm. No, they can do no wrong. Uh, let's talk to Chris in Sackdown Sports. Three, three, nine, eleven, forty. One eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Hello, Chris. What's up? Hey guys, uh, you know, I, I kind of agree with Brennan. Uh, you know, I'm frustrated, don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, going into that game, I thought we should have won it. Uh, but I knew what the Heat brought, right? They, they kind of remind me, as you alluded to earlier, of the 49ers in a similar way, mm. right? Football, you have seven rounds in the draft, NBA two. However, the Niners find, you know, gems late rounds, right? They turn them into star players, whatever. The, the Heat kind of do the similar thing, you know, undrafted players turn in turning into stars, um, you know, but um, I think the main thing that I'm frustrated with overall this season is the Kings remind me of like that student that would procrastinate a project till the last minute, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they, 
do a little bit here and there, you know, and they got a you know, week left, oh, it's fine, you know, and they'll do a little bit more, and then it comes down to the last day, and they bust their ass, excuse my language, to try to finish it, right? And it's just too late to get a bad grade. So, I mean, I feel like that's a lot with the Kings. Before the second quarter ended, they were up, what, 10 points, and it quickly dwindled down, and they lost the lead going into the half. So it, that's where it, it frustrates me. We see that fight at the end of the games, and I understand it's a 48-minute game. You're going to have ebbs and flows. You're going to work harder some possessions, right? But I, I think the main thing is you have to have that intensity the entire game. I want to see that intensity from Fox in the second quarter off of a forced turnover like I did against, you know, Clippers the other night when he, you know, you see him screaming when he forced that jump ball. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll take it off the air. But I just, you know, it, I love the team. I, I'm not – same thing. I'm a glass half full guy. I, I'm happy with what they're doing, um, but you know, I'd, I'd like to see more intense. Chris, so let me. I appreciate be... you guys. Have a good day. Hold on, Chris. Chris, you still there? Before you oh, hang yeah, up, yeah. I, because yeah. I have a I have a response to that. Okay. And, and you brought in De'Aaron Fox. Let me ask ask you this as a fan: Have you come to grips with our understanding? And I, I, it sounds like you have the hope. But is there going to be a point in time where you come to, to realization like De'Aaron Fox might not just be that guy 48, hour, 48 minutes? So, I, I think he can be. I think, you know, he's 26. I, I have not shut that out yet. I think to a certain extent our team, I've come to grips with what we can and what we can't do, right? So they called her earlier. Uh, you know, he was mentioning, you know, why don't you bring in um, – I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. I can't even say uh, Kessler. You know, why don't you bring in Kessler? I mean, I agree. I, I think a game like that, Kevin Herter shot two of nine from three. You know, he, he did play a lot of minutes. So maybe give Kessler a chance. But let's be honest, he's not going to move the needle and not give this team what it needs to to get to that that second level, right? Um, gotcha. So I think Fox still has it. Do, do you think that he – let me ask you to flip that question. Do you think that he does not have that for a full 48? Have you come to grips, or do you think he still can produce for a full 48? Uh, thank you, Chris, for the call. Appreciate it. I, yeah. Me personally, the way it's set up is they need him to. And, yeah. you know, I think we've seen that he's capable of it. Kind of like what you were saying about the whole team. I, if I understood you correctly, Chris, and I think you speak for a lot of people, if I did understand you correctly, you know this team is capable of more, and that's your frustration. Like, they can be better. Mm. I've seen them do it better. As far as Fox, you know, they they got their wagon hitched to him, mm. even more so than Domas, those two guys. Um, and he was, you know, third team all league, as we all know. So Both. They, yeah, they need him to, you know, as hard as that was, they need him to keep doing it, keep doing it. Um why do you, I, I don't know what's up this year with uh, well, maybe we'll find out he was injured. He's playing better. I think he's adapting to the three balls, not what it was early in the year. But, yeah, we know that he can be an all-league caliber player, and they absolutely need him to be that. Why do you I, – I, most of what you say I, I agree with, and it's interesting because – Most of. Yeah, most, most of, of it because I, I do think there is limitations to everyone. Like, we all have limitations, you know. Except for Kyle Drapes. Except for Drapes, right? Drapes could do it all. And if he doesn't, he's got guys who can do it, right, <laughs> that can help him. And I just use myself. One of the things that I always got was, look, physical stature, I was never going to be 6'4". And, you know, one of the things that you asked me off the air was like, hey, man, you didn't hit for power? No, but I could hit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's well documented. One thing I could do is hit, but I couldn't hit for power. And so – 
I had to come to grips with that. Limitations is like, look, I'm not that guy. And no matter for, you know, look, I understand. I play with guys like Dustin Pedroia who hit 30 home runs and, you know, was there, he's smaller than me. Yeah. Um. So I'm not saying physical stature was one of the only things, but just physically and whatever my makeup and whatever, you know, whatever it was, I couldn't hit for power. And so I asked Chris that because I think that kind of coincides with some of the expectations that we have as, you know, fans and onlookers and supporters is sometimes we can get a little, you know, out the norm. We, we can, we can like, if a person and a team is showing me this, as much as I want or I could believe or I think they can do it, you know, and there's always opportunity to do that. Sometimes we just got to kind of come to grips with that's who they are, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the De'Aaron Fox thing, I think he's he's blossomed into something that I didn't think he was going to blossom into. And I give him kudos for that. I think he's stepped on the gas and done a lot better than I probably would have ever given him. And, I, man, that's all the support and love to him for proving, you know, detractors and things like, you know, people that who probably didn't believe even half on what he's done, man. Salute to him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I but think, there is limitations to things. Sure. I think Drape said it yesterday. One of the things that was so beneficial for the Kings about the trade for Sabonis is that they get Sabonis, frees up Halliburton, but it also freed up Fox to become the player that he's become here with the Kings. The one thing I'll say that to me, and we touched on this earlier, we're hearing a lot of talk, even from the coaches. Brendan touched on it, which is why I wanted to bring it up. We're hearing a lot of talk about effort and controlling your effort. And if there's any consistent lack of effort where the Kings are not giving, bringing the amount of effort they need, that's not acceptable. Now, if we're talking about degrees of intensity or focus, that's a little different, yes. right? Because we all know sometimes, we, you know, we, we our heart's in it and we just can't focus or we can't, you know, we make errors. But if we're really talking, literally people are talking about effort. Like Keegan says, oh, we know we can control our effort. That can't be an issue at this point. I mean, if that's kind of a euphemism for something else, okay. But if we're – and I don't see it. That's that's the reason I'm surprised to hear him talk mm. about that. I don't watch them and say, they're not trying. You know, I watch them and say, they're not together. They're not connected. They're not sure how to solve this zone or whatever. But I don't watch the Kings and say, they're not trying. If we ever see that, I think at that point – that's when you'd have to start thinking about, okay, something major has to happen because that's not acceptable. Yeah, I agree. I think that's well put, brother. I, I don't really have too much to add to that. All right, we'll take a timeout then. How about that? Just let that let that sink in. We'll get simmer. back to the phones. Yeah. Um, 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Also got to talk about LeBron. He, he spoke out about his son's future. He tweeted something and then he... He deleted the tweet. What's up with LeBron and Brawny? And where do the Kings go from here? 339-1140, Drive guys on Sackdown Sports. Whitey and Jay today. Kyle Draper back with us tomorrow. The team headed to Denver today, and uh, Drapes will be with us tomorrow from Denver. Jay, you just brought up something I think really interesting. The Fox questions are really interesting. Um, and I'm glad that you brought it up in a day when Drapes isn't here because if he's here, he'd probably run in there and strangle you. You know, uh, because, you know, questioning De'Aaron Fox – he was all league last year, and he's carrying the team this year. But it really speaks to how much the Kings rely on him, how much they need from him yeah. as we look at, you know, where he is and some fans here weighing in on, you know, Fox is that guy. He's always been that guy. They just need so much from him. 
Um, and so far, he's delivered. I know that, you know, the great Jerry Reynolds says he's like the best. He could be the best player the Kings have ever had. Yeah. It's interesting, though, last Three. night when when Coach Brown was asked about culture. You know, yesterday that came up on our show. He'd have a culture. What's the Kings culture? And that conversation kind of was uh, – it's a natural conversation to have when you're playing the Heat. It came up last night in the in the uh, media conference. And Mike Brown was asked about the Heat culture. I think it was – well, I don't want to say who it was because I'm not – I forget now exactly who. I apologize. Um, he said, you know, we can't really – you know, what they've done, you can't replicate your, something some another team has done. Um, but he said – what the heat culture is is you got guys that play hard and they don't care how much they score. They're they're not worried about their stats. And I'm wondering if he just, you know, says that in general or if that in some ways is something that, you know, is an issue for his team sometimes. You got guys that are mm. looking down the road and it's understandable that you got guys that got contracts, yeah. you know, coming up. And nowadays the way the league is in some of these cases, you could depending on what your numbers are and what kind of honors you get that can be the difference between, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I it goes back to the a- Anthony Davis. You know, he didn't make um, any of the first team or second team or third team, you know, all league teams. You know, I, I, I want to say three years ago this was the thing, and he didn't want to say, yeah, first, second year yeah, with the so Lakers. you don't trigger certain, certain yeah. bonuses uh-huh, and things like uh-huh. that. And so, you know, he was hurt quite a bit that season, but – a lot of people felt he had the numbers and he missed out on, you know, like a, a million dollar bonus and things like that. And it was kind of the shot her around the world. But yeah, absolutely. It definitely matters. And, uh, you know, I think part of being a coach is knowing when to pull the string, you know, knowing when to deliver a, a, a potent punch verbally versus, you know, coddle someone, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and quite frankly, that you could probably say that in life. You know, there's opportunities. That, as a, I know I'm a, a parent of a young 13-year-old. Well, you're the producer of this show, and sometimes you, know? you got to lay down the law true. for me and Drapes true. in different ways. Yes, very true. Great point, Whitey. And so <laughs> I just <laughs> – I don't have to do much of that. But there, I guess what I'm saying is when it relates to, to De'Aaron Fox's he is definitely expected to do a lot. And Mike Brown has said that numerous times, you know, to take the last necessary step of being a third team guy to a first team guy, to being a star, to an all-star, to a superstar, um, you know, Fox, Foxy, as he likes to call him, has to do certain other things. Great point. Someone told me yesterday, I wasn't, uh, because we're doing the show, we couldn't be in Coach Brown's pregame sure. conference. It's just, you know, physically impossible. Someone who was there was saying, man, I mean, Fox had this great game against the Clippers, but Mike Brown is always, like today, he was talking about he's got to, he was great defensively and he's got to do that more. He mm-hmm. says, man, he's just always pushing for more and more from Fox. Yeah. When and he's it, already being asked to do so much. And that, again, just underscores to me, yeah, he's great. And the King's like, yes, we need that. We may need even more, more. than that yeah. from you. Do you think Coach Brown does that because he's been around LeBron, Steph, Clay, sure. Draymond? You know, yeah. And I, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not comparing 
Draymond to De'Aaron when it comes to stats on the paper. But the one thing why Draymond is so respected throughout this league is because what he has done, what he has accomplished, and he's been a multiple-time All-Star and, you know, a a third of a trio of someone who's won four rings and been to many other finals and playoff runs and stuff. Like, don't get it twisted. As much as people dislike Draymond, and I'll I'll go to this conversation, he's done a lot. Yeah. He's done a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's probably – I agree with you on Coach Brown. He's probably thinking more of like LeBron and Kobe and yes. Steph. Yes, like because like, he's been yeah, around all yeah. these. You could be that guys. good. Yes, but you don't understand how hard they worked. Or I, yes, I, you know, I don't know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Cosmo joining us in Sackdown Sports. Hello, Cosmo. Yeah, how, how's it going? Good. What's uh, up? Yeah, it's my first time uh, calling, but Appreciate it. I just want to. I've been listening. Uh, uh, about culture, yeah, he has the Heat has a culture, but we our culture that I think we had to rip this team down to the studs. We were like eighteen seasons without being in the playoffs. We were the doormat of the NBA. I think sometimes people forget where we were at. Our culture now is winning, building that confidence back in the Sacramento Kings and saying, "Hey, you guys are winners, not losers," and. We got to look at this from a different perspective. What's the window? Everything is about winning the championship. Only one team can win the championship. So what what is our goal right now? Is it to make it out the second round? And then we got DeMontis and De'Aaron in their prime, 28-29. Yeah, I know DeMontis don't play defense, but I don't need him to be a a, a lockdown defender. What he does right now, getting triple-doubles, is what I need him to do. You can get a, a center to come in from college and he can't do what DeMontis is doing. Hey, Cosmo, can I yeah. ask you a question? Sure. Yeah, you just you were talking about the window. In, in your opinion, I'm just asking your opinion, do you think a championship window for the Kings is open now or do you think they're approaching that? I think uh, that... Uh, You're not sure? Way, yeah. The, 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 the way that they're playing, like, uh-huh. if they give the effort that they gave in the third quarter last night to get back in the game, if they fight like that in the playoffs, they they can get to the Western Conference champion, but a championship. But it, if they don't have that dog in them mm-hmm. to do that on a, a and grind it out like Eric Spolstra's team – they grind it out. It don't matter what players you put in there. You take out LeBron, take out D Wade. You go get some other pieces, put them in there. They're gonna play the same way every night. And what I what the Kings need to do is come out with that dog effort every night. Effort is a thing that that you can give every night. So what frustrates me as a Kings fan is when I see the potential. For them to give that effort, and you see them climb back in from a twenty-point deficit, and then they don't. Why don't they just start the game out that way? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. First quarter, second uh-huh. quarter, third quarter. If they could do that, yeah, they can win a championship. They can. Thank you, Cosmo. I'm glad you called. That's uh, that's I think the the theme today. Why mm. fans are frustrated is because like, well, we we know they can do better because we've seen them do better. So then, why don't they? Cosmo's question about a. Uh, a window is interesting to me because mm. right now this team, you know, I, I I think if we're honest, you look at it as 
you know, they could get in, you know, get in the playoffs, and then, you know, maybe things go your way, and who knows? Maybe you're in the conference finals. Right. But, uh, you know, let's be right now, is this team a, an NBA contender? Not for me. No. No, probably, I don't think almost, the window's yeah. opened yet. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's it. And so going forward with the assets you have available, how do you how do you even get to a point where, hey, look, we got a window? Yeah. I, I think, you know, if I'm answering that question, Whitey, I think for me, and it's a two-prong. I thought the Kings missed an opportunity to open that window this off this past off season and trade deadline and albeit nothing really happened at the trade deadline. So, you know, we'll, who, we can't really say anybody opened a window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I do think this year, and we're not there yet, and so, you know, we'll have many of those conversations here on Sac Sports 1140, of course, the drive guys as we, we proceed. But I do think – a move or two will be made hopefully this this offseason to where that window starts to crack open. The other part of that for me too, Whitey, you know, behind that is this, and let's make sure we put this out there. DeMontis Sabonis is 27, De'Aaron is 26. But um, if I continue to hear this correctly, there's a difference. And I thought you, I thought you did a great job of intensity versus effort is definitely something different. And I just want to follow it up in saying this. I continuously keep saying I don't think the Kings know what it takes to be a a, a, a bona fide I contender. I, I, I which think that coincides things, with the window being open. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, I think that's Mike Brown. That's kind of one of the things he's saying. That's mm-hmm. why he gets frustrated too. Yes, it's like I've seen it. Yes, I've been there. Yes. I've seen teams have done. I've yes. I've been on teams that have done it. Yes, you can do it, but not this way. Yeah, and I think Cosmo brings a great point. Is like, look, they stripped this team down. We had to, you know, the, I mean, because you brought in new coaching staff, new yeah. general manager, all I don't that know if type they ever of stuff. Stripped it down the studs. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but but they it, rebuilt it. Yes, it rebuilt, but it's starting to push forward to the point to where we're starting to have conversations of you know this being a championship contender and all that. I just and I think that's the tough part, as you're saying with Coach Brown, Whitey. Excuse me. That what are you eating in there? Uh, a little pasta. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Not right now. <laughs> Backing you know, up yeah, on you a little absolutely. bit. Yeah. yeah, but the the part of that is is I don't think this team has gotten that far in this you know this stages of of a championship window to know like it takes day in and day out what it takes to you know to win a championship. I was just thinking if I were Monty. I'd yeah. be saying, all right, this, these guys hadn't been in the playoffs in 16 years. I come in. I know, man. I make the trade. That everyone said I was an want. idiot for making the trade. I get in the playoffs. Mm. Then the very next year, I got people go, the championship winners are up. <laughs> I know, man. It's tough. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Uh, LeBron James responds to the latest Bronny mock draft update when we come right back with the Drive Guys on Sackdowns. Whitey and Jay today. Drapes back with us tomorrow before we get back to the NBA and the Kings. Jay, you and I have been going back and forth a little bit on Brandon Ayuk and whether the 49ers should go overboard to keep him, should they pay him 25 mil or more to keep him. Uh, John Lynch today, of course, spoke about this as uh, everybody's getting ready for the combine. Quote, we've got a nice track record of extending guys, and Brandon is a guy we'd like to keep around, end quote. John Lynch went on to say, I know Jay said that he would personally drive Brandon to the airport and wants to get rid of him. I don't know why Jay. <laughs> I don't know why Jay would say that. End quote. So. Yeah, I, shouts out to Coach. Uh, I mean, to John Lynch. You know, uh, me and had good, me. good conversations a couple uh, last year, and so 
He 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 may have said that. You might have him on speed text. I, I'm not going to deny That's that. It's a quote. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to get $25 million. I think he's 23 to 25. He's going to get now it. with the cap, yeah, right? Absolutely. When, when we started this conversation, as you mentioned, we had no idea the cap was going to be 255.4. That's that, that's that, that <laughs> Kevin Gleason money right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. On yeah, the chat. He's for sure getting it. Yeah, though. yeah. Uh, interesting conversation today. Thank you so much, uh, Chris Wright, uh, with some interesting points here and uh, a lot of people agreeing with you and what you said, um, Jay, about how the Kings, uh, they may not know um, that they need to play with more intensity. Yes. Somebody said the effort was there last night. It was the intensity that was that, there. It is yes. Chris Wright. Effort was there last night. The intensity wasn't until the end. Like Jay says, they might not know what kind of intensity it takes to be a serious contender. I think so. And I think we've seen that over this past year, especially coming off of last year, Whitey, is when you when you finish what they did last year, where it was, I mean, was there, look, there was losses, of course. They lost plenty of games last year. They lost in game seven to the Warriors, but in all actuality, last year was a total win for this organization. Everything that possibly probably went right did go right. You know, could have went right, went right for them, minus the fact that they didn't win a championship. And to springboard yourself into this year, the expectations were so high of this team, and we've continued to use expectations. And sometimes, you know, it's like the uh, the Victor Wembanyama type situation. Dude, physically is a marvel. Maybe his skill, talent, athleticism, you know, hasn't caught balance, whatever you want to call it, hasn't caught up to him 100%, but maybe two years down the road, whoo, look mm-hmm. out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing. It's kind of like – the Kings are in their infancy stages with the Bambi legs, and they just had a fantastic year, maybe exceeded where they needed to be. And now they have to go through the necessary steps that most teams have to do where, you know, we've seen Denver go through. We've seen the Warriors go through it, where you're going to have to, you know, rinse and repeat and lose in the first round and maybe make it to the finals another year and then maybe make it to the – or the, the conference finals, then make it to the finals. And so I just don't think – there's, they're like, right now, they're a teenager. They haven't fully matured, and I don't think they know what it's going to take to get to where some of the goals and expectations of what people are putting on them yet. Last year, the goal was get into the playoffs, and they all, they all knew, if we make the playoffs, we're heroes. And so they took the league by storm, and I remember when they came out of the break and they won a bunch of games on the road, and they would go into a place like, you know, Brooklyn, and they just dominate a team that's like, who are these guys? You know, and they had everything going their way, and it was all downhill this year. So the expectations were like, we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. This year, the expectations are that you can tell, in my opinion, they're weighing on them. Mm. You know, they're playing with the weight of that. It's like, what is the well? What's the goal now? If we make the play. We already made the playoffs. Now, what do we do? Um, and I think the league has caught up to them a lot. You see that especially offensively mm-hmm. we talked about this a million times last year a record-setting offense this year last check there were what five or six teams that were exceeding what the kings did last year when it was a record last year so right. you know it's not only like hey we took everybody by surprise like whoa other teams got better than we did in the offseason yeah so it's a difficult situation on the other hand here they are the games still matter and they got a chance to uh, they got a chance to end up better than they were last year. Of course, year. yeah. And they're, you know, building and and you know, Cosmo uh, caller last segment you know said something interesting of 
He believes the championship window may be open. They can compete, you know, this year or, or maybe he's saying very soon, meaning next year. And uh, it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see those expectations and yeah. lofty goals that, you know, um, on these guys' shoulders. Man, if we're talking high expectations now, could you imagine if this city and, you know, the, the King's Kingdom was was putting championship aspirations on the, on the team? It's hard Ooh. to imagine. Yeah, I mean, there was a time when we, in this town, as you know, there was a time when we thought they are going to win yes, a championship. Yes, absolutely, and they should have. Yeah. yeah. By the way, you made an interesting point also when you were talking about uh, the team maybe not knowing about the level of intensity it requires to be a champion. Uh, it reminds me of there was a guy that played here, extremely talented, ended up moving on. I think they gave him up in the expansion draft. He had a really nice career. He had the deepest voice. Gerald Wallace. G. Wall. Yeah, and he was a mm-hmm. fine player. I believe yes. he may have been an all-star. Really talented. Came to the Kings as a really young player when they were really good, and that's one of the things I remember people saying about him. Not to be over overly critical, I, I don't think it's that uncommon, but it's like he he thinks he's playing hard, but he's not, you know. Mm. And he ended up, and like I say, he was a fine player. Sure, but young players sometimes, you know, you see us like that guy thinks he's playing hard. He mm. really, in his mind, is like he's playing, and he doesn't know he's not based right. on you know. And you you go play with a guy like Bobby Jackson or something, like oh my goodness, mm-hmm. what is he doing? Yeah, he's almost insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, it takes that, and it, it you know. Most of the time, if it's not already built inside that person, it ta- you have to learn those things. Yeah. And I think that's part of the growing pains that the Sacramento Kings are having. And then with that also being said, and it's, this is something I continue to, you know, we everyone, it sounds like, but maybe more me more than a little bit is with the understanding that there are limitations to each person on this team and what this team can accomplish at its present stature you mm-hmm. know and it's gonna take another piece or two or three to come here to sacramento and really take the next step of like you know I- i'll say this great great friends he's my brother man i consider him my brother now coach doug christie um one of the things he always talks about and this is something that i don't even think i even you know i i I, I me personally, I don't think I ever had the problem of being intense. <laughs> but the one thing that I, I take from Doug quite a bit is preparation. Sometimes can supersede talent and intensity and effort. And where everyone doesn't want to prepare sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where we're starting to come around with some of the questions we're getting from you know coach brown or some of these players and that's a fair adjustment why do you you know i think excuse me assessment and i think Mm -hmm. that's where we're seeing some of that too yeah you know yeah let me just because i i mentioned it i want to get in this this lebron reference here um lebron james he wrote this and then he deleted this talking about brawny and we just got the scattering report from drapes um, was it yesterday? Drapes saw Bronny play yeah. Um, yeah. In, in L.A. over the weekend and said, you know, he's not very good. But LeBron James, quote, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works, earned, not given, end quote. You know, because everyone has assumed that, oh, Bronny's going to come out to be a pro and then maybe LeBron will join him and you know now it looks like well I don't know if uh, Bronny can 
if he'll be drafted. So LeBron's sticking up for his boy, which is great, and he did delete the tweet. But LeBron's the reason why everyone's looking at – you're the reason why we're looking at your son in, in terms of where he'll be drafted. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago he said something completely different. He said right now if we were to have a draft, you know, Bronny could jump in the first round and be yes. and, and play on these teams. Yes. You know, like, come on, brother. You said that, LeBron. Yeah. That was you. Yeah. Putting a foot in his mouth, man. I hope that Bronny takes his time. and you know, eh, It's not there yet? Fine. But guess what, basketball. though? Whitey, he has all the time in the world. You know why? Because he's 19 years old. Plus, I don't think he needs the money, does And he? I was just going to say, financially, <laughs> I know. it's not like this is a make or break for him. You know, he, know. If there's anyone who should be playing loose, <laughs> is, Le- is Bronny. He should be loose. I'm talking about super loose. I mean, dude, putty loose. Like, there's no— Goose is a goose. Yeah. There's no reason he should be uptight, worried about anything, a mock draft. Man, check this out. My dad's going to have his own mock draft, and I'll be drafted (laughs) 1 through 30. Man, stop. All right, Kings fans are not so loose. The Kings roller coaster continues. The bad thing about roller coasters is next here with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports.